This episode of A Little Juju Podcast is brought to you by The Hood Botanica. The Hood Botanica is a platform where we have products, courses, and hold live stream discussions dedicated to discussing spirituality from an Afrocentric perspective. Follow us on Instagram at The Hood Botanica and join our live stream discussions at 5 p.m. PST, that is Pacific Standard Time, and grab one of our free courses at thehoodbotanica.com. All of this will be in the show notes. Now, enjoy the show. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is all you need. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. A little juju. A little juju. A little juju is the way. It's how I start my day. Can't firm no say. And I'll never keep play. I'll take your photo to the grave. But that ain't even my thing I just stay at the crossroads, pray I just pour a little honey from my face To make a stay Cause I hate when bay leaves But I manifest a little with my bay leaves I'm my ancestors, baby So I give them everything that they gave me, yeah So I can't be stopped Manifested everything gives me props I'm spiritually rounded while I'm on the top My spirit's surrounded so Welcome to A Little Juju Podcast. This is the podcast all about black ass, black, black, B-L-A-C-K, black ass spirituality, honoring the ancestors, honoring ourselves and decolonizing our spiritual practices on our path to liberation and freedom. I am your host, Juju Bay, and I come to this podcast as a medium, as a hoodoo practitioner, as an Orisha devotee. As a level two Reiki practitioner, I should guess I should start adding that. And an overall, all around Juju Bay, a bay, a baddie, an experience. <laughs> I'm doing too much. It's Libra season. It's the season to do too much. But welcome to the show. I'm so happy that you've tuned into another episode. And if this is your first episode, hey, I hope you like the show. Sit down, have a seat kick back your ancestors brought you here for a reason i tell people who listen to the show all the time people who are like i don't hear the ancestors i don't know anything about the ancestors the ancestors don't ancestors don't talk to me i don't have any gifts i'm like but you also messaged me and said that you felt really pulled to listen to my podcast and you get a lot out of it and you feel like something is invigorating inside yourself and you feel so happy after you listen and you feel like you want to start studying hoodoo and you want to talk to your elders so you mean to tell me you ain't got no gifts. Clearly, that's your ancestors having pulled you to this work. Like, yeah. <laughs> so don't say that to me anymore. Not if you listen to this podcast. I'm like, you're not listening for no reason. Anywho, like I said before, happy Libra season. Time to be cute. Time to really step into your personal power. Um, time to create clear boundaries with others. Honestly, Libra season feels like the season two. I know Leos get a lot around being kind of selfish and self-centered, but Libras kind of are too, but like in a cute way, in a way that we all should actually try to tap into and think about for ourselves. Like, okay, what do I want actually? What would make me feel good in this moment? How can someone make me feel good? What spoils me? You know, these are the kind of questions that I think about and am thinking about now that it is 
Libra season. So shout out to all my Libras. We love Libras over here. We stand Libras. I have a Libra mommy. So love you guys. <laughs> anyway, if you'd like to keep up with the conversation today, you should hashtag a little juju podcast or ALJ pod. Um, if you would like to bring me out to your schools, flew me out, talks, panels, anything like that, you can send me an email at thejujubay at gmail.com or go to my website. Um, my website is, <laughs> it's jujubay at, it's jujubay.com. Wow, I'm like, do I know my site? Y'all, it's late. I don't normally record this late, but priorities. All you need is a little juju. Okay. Y'all don't know this, but I literally had to pause recording for like 20 minutes because people outside just started talking really loud and then there was just police car after police car outside and then a dog was barking. Like, I think everything is okay. But I was like, wow, this is truly city recording. (laughs) Like, there's another police car going by now I don't know if y'all can hear it but I'm just like I just have to record I can't wait all day because there will forever be a siren there will forever be an ambulance I just hope everything is all right sending my prayers (sighs) so as you may know I talked about this last episode I bought a house I bought a house in Baltimore yay and it's going really well finally getting it to look like a house unpacking slowly but surely I've met a lot of really great neighbors like really really cool people and I'm looking forward to just like being in community with people in Baltimore and I think I'm gonna join the little neighborhood association see what they talking about you know just try to be involved try to try to feel like I'm doing something trying to be a part of the neighborhood and listen to other folks that have been around here what some of the concerns are you know speaking up about my concerns I think that's just important to do you know knowing who you are around knowing who your people are knowing who you can count on call on and I think I mean I'm not about to go on a tangent about this but when we talk about decolonizing when we talk about wanting to create a new reality for us a lot of this and even a lot of the ways that our ancestors lived was communally so of course you knew your neighbors. Of course you knew um, Lil Ray's mama. And you could reach out to Lil Ray's mama if you saw Lil Ray doing something. Or you could go across the street and ask for some type of ingredient. And I'm not saying we have to do all of that now. But we do need to be in community with the people that we live around. Now, if you live around people, maybe you black and you live around a bunch of white people. I don't know if you want to be in community. I mean, maybe you can find a cool person. <laughs> But I'm just saying that it's important for us to know each other and spot each other out and say, okay, who's over here? Who looks cool? You know, who's black? Who's a black girl over here? You know, where, you know, where are the children? Where are they located? You know, just like making sure everyone's good. And so I'm trying to settle into that because I think in a lot of ways, structurally, and by structurally, I mean actual structures like architecturally, because so many of us live in apartments Sometimes we can be super disconnected from who our neighbors are or because people are constantly in and out of apartments. We don't know who they are or you think you see someone and then a couple months later, it's a new person in there. Y'all are coming out different times. So it's something that we have to actually push ourselves to do. 
to to know who we're around just for your own safety for your own knowledge just for your own information and also so we can start to build a little bit more communally communally with our actual physical community um but anyway yeah i'm settling in pretty good and reconnecting with family which has been which was one of the reasons why i moved back to baltimore so i could connect to family and I just want to uplift that connecting to family. Sounds cute, but it requires work. It requires conversation. It requires going to the events and things that I am so used to not going to. I'm still like adjusting to being invited to things and being expected to go. Like I, I'm just like, oh, what? Who birthday? Oh, I gotta go. Well, I don't have to do anything, but just that expectation or just being involved. Like I'm not used to being involved in plans. I'm not used to knowing about so-and-so's birthday party that's happening next week at five. Like I was always somewhere else in another state. So I was never invited. So it's just, it's just interesting. Like, I don't know. It's an adjustment, but it's cool. I like it. I have to get used to it because being away for so long, also being a cancer, I will keep my behind right in the house and not do anything and not talk to anybody or I will talk to people. I'll just be on the phone and never leave. <laughs> so I'm in a different way being required to step out more, which is good. It's actually great. Uh, besides that, I'm just trying to like figure out the spiritual community here and what they do and where they at. I mean, I have an Elay, thankfully a branch of my Elay uh, from Hampton, Virginia. There's also a, a a group here so that's nice I haven't been able to meet the EI here yet but there are some events coming up that I'll be going to that is for members of my LA so I'll be there shout out to OIDSI <laughs> if you're part of that LA and that organization and um some events that are coming up that I'm going to be reading at are uh, there's something happening at at uh, Dove Coat Cafe, D-O-V-E-C-O-T-E Cafe on October 12th at 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. And I'm just going to be doing readings there. Just going to be short readings, like probably 10 minutes and 20 minutes you'll be able to choose. And I think there, there may be other readers there as well, but I think that's a space that a lot of people in Baltimore go to um, for like a cafe space. But to my knowledge, they do a lot of ancestral events. So this is for people who have been asking like, Baltimore, like I'm in Baltimore. Where can I go to buy herbs? Where can I go? I'm not saying you can buy herbs there because I don't know. I've actually never been there. I just know that I'm reading there on October 12th. But um, yeah, people ask me all the time and I've heard of this place. So I'm offering that to you all because I don't no <laughs> y'all have to tell me i'm new to the city i've been going for nine years so i don't i don't know what's going on i don't know the botanicas i don't know y'all have to tell me and then there's another event which i may be reading at at flourish baltimore and that's the next day it's on october 13th and that is from 11 to 6 p.m as far as i know right now and i think that's actually a spiritual event so you can check them out just google flourish Baltimore and you'll see the event for October 13th and uh, I think you may have to buy tickets I'm not sure just yeah just check it out there will be other readers there I think it's like a spiritually based event 
So just for the folks in Baltimore who are looking for stuff, looking for space, looking for community, looking for readings, you can go there and I'm pretty sure I will be there as well. But we'll see. I'll keep y'all posted on my on my social media. But I just wanted to name those things. All you need is a little juju. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about donations. So as you may or may not know, this podcast is run, edited, produced, written, hosted, all of that by me, (laughs) Juju, just me, a black woman. And so I ask for donations to help keep this podcast afloat. I ask for donations as on Tea with Queen and Jay, the podcast, they say, to keep the lights on. Your donations help me keep the lights on for this podcast because podcasting ain't free. This work ain't free. Putting together things and platforms and all the social media stuff, it's just, it's not. So it's I'm, it's really helpful when people think or reach out to donate in some kind of way. And I'm going to tell y'all how to donate now. So there's two different ways. There's a monetary way to donate to the show and there's a non-monetary way to donate to the show. So the first monetary way that I like to talk about is through Patreon and Patreon is a committal way to donate. What I ask for is $3 a month, but you can donate more than that or you can donate as low as $1 a month, but I ask for $3 a month and it comes out of your account around the first of every month. You just put your information and you do it one time and then boom. And so it's a more committal, um, continuous way to show your support to the show. $3 a month, like $36 a year. And at this moment, I want to take and shout out my patrons because I'm so, so grateful for you all. And I got a good amount of new patrons since last episode. So let me shout y'all out real quick. Alrighty, so big, big, big shout out to my patrons since last episode. So shout out to Ashe Om, who became a patron. Thank you so much. I think Ashe Om also makes music, like spiritual music, but don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure, but shout out to Ashe. Um, shout out to Ernest Gibson. Thank you so much for becoming a patron. Nikki Bailey became a patron. Thank you, Nikki. Aisha Edwards. Thank you. Jasmine Baldwin. Thank you. Alicia or Alicia. Muma became a patron. Thank you so much. Rachel Fuqua. I hope I said that right. Thank you. I would also like to shout out um, Kali Philhart. Thank you for becoming a patron, Kali. Bali became a patron. Thank you. Kimberly Sharp. Ariana. Ryan Flint. Goddess Legendary Greenery became a patron. Thank you all so much. I'd like to shout out Tyrone Moore Jr. Thank you, Tyrone, for becoming a patron. Uh, Jasmine Scott became a patron. Thank you. Asia Scurry, Stephanie Pittman. And yes, I believe that's it. So thank y'all so much. I appreciate y'all coming through and donating. It means so much to me. Y'all know I don't play about my money and I don't play about people who share the energy of money with me. That means a lot to me and I don't take it lightly. And I don't take it for granted. And I I just want to say thank you. And you always know I'm sharing the energy of money back with you. So whatever you sent me, I'm sending it right back to you in exchange tenfold. So that the money that you might need for your projects, for your desires, for your goals, for your dreams, for your safety, for your sustenance. I'm praying that you have the money and wealth and abundance to be able to do that because you were so gracious and sharing it with me. So 
thank you. So that's the way to donate through Patreon. You can find my Patreon, patreon.com slash J-U-J-U-B-A-E, Jujube. That will be in the show notes. Now, the next way to donate to the show is through Cash App. If you just don't want to do a committal Patreon thing, you can't do all of that right now or you don't want to, fair enough. You can always send a donation to Cash App or through Cash App. My Cash App is dollar sign. It's Jujube, I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E. And I also accept donations via PayPal. If you want to send a donation via PayPal, you can send that to thejujubay at gmail.com. And yep, so those are all the monetary ways. Now, the non-monetary ways to uh, donate to the podcast is simply telling people about the podcast. (laughs) Tell people what you're listening to. Tell people who you think would be interested to check it out. This helps get the podcast out out this helps spread the juju gospel some other ways to help is when you rate and subscribe via apple podcast or whatever platform you may be listening to giving me five stars writing your wonderful lovely reviews when you tag me on instagram when you make posts when the show comes out and you you talk about the show with people all of that is a way to donate so i want to thank you all too who consistently send out messages tell people about it message me and say how much you liked it tell people about my work and and everything that I'm doing that also keeps this podcast afloat. Let's be clear the word of mouth. So I'm grateful, extremely, extremely grateful for all the ways that you all choose to donate to the show. It means a lot to me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All you need is a little juju. Who y'all I cannot. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I am tired. I just need to say that out loud. I am tired. Okay, I just had divinations today. I normally record on Sundays and yesterday was so, so busy. So I didn't even have time to record. So I'm like, I'll just record on a Monday. Monday is the day that I do divination. So I have readings today, which were all an hour. So I've been talking a lot. I just need to name my truth. You know what I'm saying? I'm so happy to do this work. I love talking to y'all. I love talking. I love the podcast. I just, I just had to say my truth. I'm tired. <laughs> it's going to be a good show because <laughs> I'm talking about some juicy things. So uh, the first segment that I want to get into today is Heal Yourself. And Heal Yourself is the segment where we talk about juju related tips and tricks to help ourselves heal. And today's Heal Yourself, I wanted to talk a little bit about, well, we talked about grief last time, the last episode that we had, not the one with the interview episode, but before that, I talked a little bit about grief and how to process grief using particular herbs and and ritual but also like kind of like closing out experiences when you're trying to move on from something making sure that you have something a ritual to close it out so your brain and spirit and body understand that it's time for something new and different so this is a little bit related to that it's not exactly the same but it is centered around grief I was actually having a conversation with my friend Glow shout out to Glow And we were talking about divination and and all of that. And something that I've been experiencing a lot since I've been doing divinations, which is the urgency that a lot of people have when they want to book a reading. So, you know, they'll reach out to me and be like, hey, Juju, do you have anything for tomorrow? And I'm like, no, I don't. (laughs) Or they'll say, hey, I saw your website and your books for the next two weeks, but I need something like today. I need something with this week. So how do I fit into that? And 
at the beginning when I started doing readings, I would fit people in. I would try to squeeze people in. I would say, oh, it's okay. You can do it on this day or I'll work on a day that I don't generally do readings and things like that. But recently I have had to cut that completely. I'm like, I can't squeeze in or fit in people um, in a in a way that is urgent anymore. And for the most part, what I'm learning is that if you're not dying, it's not urgent. If you're not, if your safety is not being compromised because you could die, or maybe your child or someone close to you could die, and I mean child, I'm talking, yeah, child, it's not an emergency. What I found is that a lot of people who've reached out to me who want readings, like I can't wait that long. It's because maybe something happened in their life that feels scary, that feels urgent, but it's not like a breakup. I've had a lot of people say, oh my God, me and my partner broke up. I have to see you now. Please, can you squeeze me in? And so what I want to say about that and, and about grief is that you cannot escape your grief through booking a divination or seeking spiritual advice. I would actually recommend that is that might be one of the worst times to seek divination and to seek counsel. Not always, because I don't do blanket statements. But a lot of the time, when you feel like you are in the midst of conflict, like I said, unless you are fearful of dying, it's not urgent. Because so often, I mean, my schedule, most of the time when you book something with me, you're going to have to wait at least two weeks. At least two weeks. Maybe a week depending on the month, but most of the time, two weeks, sometimes people have waited a month to get a reading. And what I notice is that when I, when people, when I do my readings and I'm like, Hey, what made you book? They're like, well, I booked a month and a half ago, sis. So when I booked with you, I just left my partner and I, I don't know, I was thinking about leaving my job and everything was just going wild and I just couldn't think and I booked a reading with you and I really wanted it to be soon, but I just was like, I'll suck it up. And now I'm in a new place and I have a new job and you know, I don't care about my partner cause that my partner was trash anyway. And it's like, you weren't even that concerned. <laughs> like it's been a month. It's been a couple of weeks. You don't even care about the things that you book. So everyone's always like, yeah, I just want to know what my people got to say. Cause I'm good. Or I feel more grounded now. Or I'm not in a state of like panic. And so I do not recommend booking readings in states of panic. Whenever you get a reading with any divine or practitioner, trust that that's the right time. Because if you do get a reading about a partner and y'all just broke up, now we done spent the whole reading. I mean, I'm not going to do this, but let's say it. Now we done spent half the reading at least, almost the whole reading talking about this partner when actually, if you just waited a month and got a read, you wouldn't have actually asked any questions about that partner because you would have been thinking about a completely different thing. So my advice with this heal yourself tip is especially as people are starting to get more readings, they're starting to see the importance of spiritual counsel. They're checking in and, and getting readings with diviners as they would go to the doctor or as they would go see their therapist or anything like that, which I recommend because this is also part of your health. Do not do it in a state of emergency or being scared. It's always best to either be proactive or allow some things to just sit. If it's not a true emergency, like I said, death <laughs> or dying, you're going to be okay. I promise. Because you don't want to waste your money and time having a whole divination be about a partner when really 
if you actually had just waited a month and breathed, you would have been okay. You know? So you cannot, and, and I mean, I say that to say like, don't do that with diviners, but also don't do that in any part of your life. Don't try to escape your grief. That doesn't mean like go do something that makes you feel good. So you're not thinking about this bad thing, but make sure that the things that you're engaging in to help you process the grief or heal through it, is it just shutting it down? Because that's how we get this complex trauma that so many of us, hi, me, I'm one of them, complex trauma that we're walking around with because we have so much stuff. We have so much stuff that we just pile, 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 and we do things to sort of mask, mask, mask. And I'm not saying it's not okay to mask it sometimes, but we can't continue to live in this habit of masking our things and also trying to get answers and and clarity from something or someone that's other than ourselves. Like we have to make sure that we're taking control. Like I, I talk a lot about healing because I think that hoodoo is wonderful and, and all the religions and African traditional religion, religions are amazing and powerful, but they are healing first. So you can't run from that and be engaged in this type of work. So don't run from it and try to book a reading. Don't um, be aware of if you're potentially masking and take control of your healing journey, which to me, in my frame of reference, I think about people who book readings that don't have any questions. And it's okay to not have any questions if you just didn't know, you just didn't prepare any, but think about questions. Like, what is it that you want to know? Take control over the reading. I can always speak to what I see. Of course, but I like for people to feel like I like for people to feel like they prepare, that they came, that they have things that they want to get answered, that they have some type of advices that they're seeking so that you're getting your money's worth. Like think through what do you want to know? What you have an uh, opportunity to be able to speak with uh, a medium. (laughs) So ask the things that you want to know. Don't just be like, oh, I don't know. I just. I just booked the reading. It's like, well, okay. I'll I'll have information for you regardless. But come with things. Come with some information. Come with some advices that you, you're ready to hear and experience, okay? So that's my heal yourself today. Ain't no herbs. Ain't no herbal remedies this time. Ain't no none of that. This is just really about taking control of your healing journey. Being aware of if, if you're masking or healing through. And then don't book divinations in the middle of a breakup and say it's an emergency because it ain't. Okay. <laughs> that was for yourself. All you need is a little juju. Okay. And we are moving right along into our next segment, which is entitled Juju for the Culture. And Juju for the Culture is the segment where I talk about politics, things going on in pop culture. It tends to really center around celebrities because I love I love celebrity tea. I just, I can't help it. It's a guilty pleasure. Well, I ain't guilty. It's a pleasure. But this week, I want to talk about um, an article that I came across in, uh, I saw it on a few different platforms. I saw it on Facebook and I saw someone tweet about it on Twitter. And the title of the article is called Stop Getting Married on Plantations. And this article was found on thenation.com. Of course, it'll be in the show notes and it is by Patricia J. Williams. And basically, uh, Patricia is talking about a conversation that she overhears in an airport in Canada. And these people were American, 
I think she was assuming that these folks were American and talking about, I think it was a guy talking about his son and talking about how beautiful the wedding was and blah, 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 blah. But noting that it was on a plantation and how gorgeous the plantation was. I mean, actually in the article, there's a picture of a, of a plantation with all these trees sort of hanging over it. It's, it's very eerie and beautiful. And the caption under it says, aesthetically, the antebellum plantations of the Old South are undeniably beautiful, but they're built on human degradation. And that's just sort of the caption under that that picture I just described. And yeah, she's just talking about her thoughts around getting married on plantations, how she doesn't think that it is a notable thing to do, that it that it is. She speaks about it, I mean, basically being disrespectful um, and how white people have tried to distance themselves from the histories of slavery uh, because she makes a quote. Uh, it was under a certain plantation, like some reviews online or something. And this particular white person was upset at the tour of the plantation. And this is the the quote. This white woman says, we didn't come to hear a lecture on how white people treated slaves. The tour guide was so radical about slave treatment. We felt we were being lectured and bashed about the slavery, about the slavery. (laughs) I'll go back to Louisiana and see some real plantations that are so much more enjoyable, enjoyable to tour. Okay, so... That's the article. That quote gagged me, first of all, because it is not unlike white people to want to remove themselves so bad from the shit that their ancestors did. And even if they're, and I know some of them, actually this lady included, she was saying previously, there was a quote that like, my my ancestors didn't own slaves. So I feel a type of way about having to hear about slavery. Like, what? First of all, I don't care if your people, your ancestors owned slaves or not. First of all, enslaved people. First of all, they probably did. Second of all, if they didn't, they were, they still benefit from enslavement. Okay. And you still benefit from enslavement because period. I don't have to explain that because duh, you do, you're white. So that's first. Second of all, Why are you talking about a plantation as if you are going to Disney World? This is not Disney World. This was literally a place where our ancestors, where black folks were massacred and forced to partake in a labor that they were not compensated for ever. Where they were pushed together to live in very small quarters and if they didn't, they lived in house, in the house where they were susceptible to other violences. So why are we trying to, and that's the thing, that's the thing about, I won't say the South as a whole, obviously, but like, especially white folks in the South, like it's sort of this reason why they, they talk about, well, I can keep my Confederate flag up. There's this romantic, romanticizing that happens of antebellum south this romanticizing that happens around moments of slavery there's this romanticizing that happens around living on a plantation and all of this weird weird shit because <sighs> i will get i'll be getting worked up over this stuff i just 
Because I feel gaslit every time black people talk about slavery. Like, I feel gaslit. I feel like we are collectively gaslit continuously with the get over it rhetoric and having to listen to people, especially white people, romanticize the moments that actually brought us so much of the the trauma that we have inherited. I'm not romanticizing that. <sighs> anyway, my point is that I actually love really discussing with black people the idea of getting married on plantations. Now, do I think white people should get married on plantations? Absolutely the hell not. No, 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 no. Heavens no. God no, no. But I wonder sometimes, what about black folk? You know, I mean, I think that regardless of race, though, when we get married on specific land, we are, we are, in a way, I don't think romanticizing, but claiming this as a space that there's joy, like there can be joy here, claiming it as a space of celebration, claiming it as a space of deep love. And honestly, plantations are not historically spaces where there is black celebration, where there is black love. Um, well, there, there was there was black love on plantations. Let me say that. Our ancestors still loved each other and found pleasure. And I think about that sometimes, but that's a whole other topic. But you know what I mean? Like, Weddings are like, oh, yeah, fun. Like, best time of certain people's lives. And to to engage and have a moment that's probably one of your most important moments on a plantation. As a black person, I just wonder what that might be like or could do. There was a point in my life where I did not think that... I, I thought that it was okay for black people to get married on plantations. Now, I don't know how I feel about it. I think... I think if I ever were to get married on a plantation, which I don't think I would ever do, that's one. <laughs> I don't think I would ever do that, but just for, for shit. If I were to get married on a plantation, there would have to be so much ceremony and ritual that happened before the marriage to make it comfortable for me and my guests to, to like, to, yeah, just to make the space comfortable enough to move forward with that kind of celebration of love. Like I would absolutely feel like I have to engage in some type of elevation ritual for the spirits that are there. Like I would have to talk to the spirits there, see what they needed. You know, I would have to put out offerings. Of course, the spirits there would be acknowledged in the ceremony. Like they'd have to be included. Um, libation room jumping, like all of that would have to be a part of the ceremony. And also there would have to be steps taken before the ceremony, like things that I would have to have access to that space before the wedding, beyond to do rehearsals and beyond like checking out the space, you know, and trying the cakes. Like I, there would have to be a whole situation, but I don't, I think that, I think with those things happening and people acknowledging that there are steps that need to be taken because you are on a land and ground that has a lot of blood in the soil and has a lot of spirits on that land and in that ground. You can just flip flippantly just have a ceremony in that particular space. And I think that's what white people do, but 
even outside of white people, I just wonder how black people would want to engage. Because I do think, I do think it is saying something to celebrate in a way that our ancestors were not able to celebrate on that land. And I'm not going to say that that's not meaningful. Who am I to say that that's not meaningful? I think it just depends. I think it depends on the spirits. I think it depends on the space. I think I would want the spirit's permission, I think. And I know not a lot of black folk are thinking about getting spirit's permission, but I'm saying that as a medium because that's the only way I, I mean, that's what I would do if I were to move forward with that. But I'm just wondering how people feel about that. How do y'all think? How do y'all think that should work? Do y'all think we should get married on plantations? Is it acceptable for black people to get married on plantations? It it does feel eerie. I'm like back and forth. I, I think I don't think I would judge a black person who got married on a plantation. I'd be interested in the ways that they honored the ancestors when they did that. Um, and I may, I think it makes sense for black folks who are like, hell no, why would we ever get married on a plantation? That is horrible. And potentially, you know, I've heard the argument that it, it makes, it takes away, it makes it seem as if that's a space to, to, to do that. Like there's no, that was a horror scene. You know, it was a, it was a horror scene. So why would you get married on a former horror scene? Like, I get all of it. So I'm curious of what y'all think. But this article just struck me. And I always love having this conversation um, with people about plantations and how we are to move forward in using the space as black folks. Also, how do we how do we take plantations away from white people? <laughs> like, how do we get they don't need like y'all white people are still benefiting from plantations because of tours and events if that is not the most gaslighting thing for a black person i just surely don't know what it is but anyway let me know send me let's talk about it maybe on the instagram i'll make a post or something or just wondering your thoughts on weddings specifically but also just even events on plantations juju for the culture all you need is a little juju. Okay, so today we're going to talk about dating as a spiritualist, dating as a witch, dating all of that, <laughs> and practicing a religion that is non-traditional in the West, because that's my point of reference. So, hmm, I... I'm a chronic, first of all, I've been in many relationships. Actually, this is not true. I have been in many situationships that mirrored relationships that at the times I was not comfortable calling them relationships because when you call things relationships, that means that you then have expectations and I wasn't ready to live up to any expectations. So truly a fuck girl, <laughs> truly like I want all the benefits of a relationship and I do not want the title. Thank you. And so I can also date other people. Thank you. Like that was totally me for a very, very long time. I would say within the past two years, I have gotten out of that maybe less. <laughs> so, and I'm, and I've also, so in those situationships, there was a serious, this seriousness though, is what I'm trying to get at with my partner, quote unquote. 
So my last relationship was like very, hmm. I think it's been a year since my partner and I broke up. My ex and I broke up about a year, a little over a year now. And so I've actually been dating. Like I've like, okay, I'm not going to jump into anything because I'm a queen. I'm a cancer. I'm a queen of jumping into the next thing. You know, always got somebody lined up. Like, you know, this is going to be my next bae. I don't care. Boop. And I kind of did that after my ex, but now I'm committing to like, no, I'm going to be single. I'm going to date. I don't even know what dating looks like. And for folks who don't know, I also identify as being bi, bisexual. So I date whoever I want to date, but I have traditionally dated non-men and women for most of my dating history. It has not, it has not been men who I have dated. I've dated men, but it's mostly been as I've gotten older, serious dating has been, has not been men. And so now I'm also at this point in my life where I'm like, okay, I guess men are okay. Like I am still attracted to them because for a long time I thought I was a lesbian, <laughs> but that's a whole nother tangent. But for a long time I thought I was a lesbian. So now I'm in the process of like, okay, I'm dating men. I'm dating men casually, which a lot of my peers are doing and what people are talking about. I never felt like I could relate because I've chronically been in relationships and I chronically have been with people who are not men. So I, I feel like I didn't even really know how to date. And as I'm learning how to date, I'm also fully, I fully have embraced a life as a witch. So it has been a lot of self-discovery and a lot of interesting social interactions and interesting ideas around sex and sex with men and sex not with men and how do you do it right and what does this mean and not really even fully being able to understand like what what is anything (laughs) because I'm just I don't know so you know, obviously it's 2019. People are dating via social media. I'm not much of a social media dater. I'm so old school. I like to meet people out. I like to see you across the room type. You see me across the room. You come up to me at the bar. Very super cancer, super romantic ideas around it. But, you know, you got to get that get over that because people ain't doing that anymore. People are on Tinder. People are on Bumble, which I stand Bumble. I use Bumble. People are on Hinge and Cupid. What is it? I don't know. All these little apps. So I have had to put in my bio on these apps, like, hi, I'm a witch. So if that's a problem, please don't bother me. And I would like to recommend other people do this too, because it really helps weed out anyone who could be afraid of that or not like that or try to challenge you. Because I have definitely matched with people when I did not have anything about being a root worker or a witch in my bio. And of course, people love to ask, what do you do? So I'm like, I am a full time witch. (laughs) And then I've had the people respond like, oh, no, we can't do this. Oh, no, that's evil. Are you a you're a bad witch or a good witch? Or like, what is that? And I think some of it is people being curious because I mean, people aren't calling themselves witches normally. And I actually think that witch is a pretty reductive term for me to refer to myself, but it's also the easiest thing that people could like understand around what I do. So it's been really helpful for me to have have put that in my bio because it people know what they're getting into. So if you swipe it right, you seen that I'm a witch. 
And if you didn't read my bio, most likely I'm going to say once we match, hi, did you read my bio? <laughs> because I don't have, I, I just don't have the time. So that is some advice that I will say if you are dating and you're into this work and you're like, are you doing your herbal stuff? You got candles all around your house and, and jars and shit and, you know, you got an altar. Put a bio. Then they know what it is. And it's also a good conversation starter. I mean, people will definitely ask about it. And then you get to get comfortable in talking about what it is that you do, what it is that you believe. And I know they say you shouldn't talk about religion and shit, you know, when you first meet someone. And it's not even getting that deep, but just like almost normalizing this very normal practice. This practice is very normal. Whether people think it's normal or not, or are used to it, or the language doesn't seem normal, it's very normal. So I like that it's able to sort of start conversations. And I talk about it in a very non, I'm not like, okay, so like, oh my God, I'm just like, yeah. So I talk to dead people and, you know, I do readings for people and provide like healing uh, through my hands and also through prayer and, and through remedies using roots and herbs. And that's it. I help people connect with their dead. That's it. <laughs> and it be to my side where people are like, okay, cool. <laughs> and that's it. And weeds out the scaries. So that's that. So let me just take y'all on a journey. So say you meet this person, we cool, we match, you know, we get through the witch phase, amazing, boom. So let's say we go out on a date and the date is lovely, we have a great time and we go home, we go our separate ways and something that I noticed that I had to get out of the habit of doing and I've noticed a lot of people do this, especially women, especially women. We meet someone who is amazing and funny and beautiful. We had a great date or something like that. And then we start to create these fantasies in our brain about, oh my God, this is, we're getting married. I mean, this is peak cancer energy. Like, so maybe I'm just speaking for myself. But no, I know other people do this. We create these like fantasies in our heads about a person that we're dating and then we get our hearts broken, quote unquote, when they don't come through, when they don't respond, when they don't do anything. And it's like, we don't actually know them. We don't know them that well. So why do we have these really high expectations of someone that we went on a date with two times? Like we don't actually have to jump to relationship. We're still getting to know a person. And those two times should be pleasant because they should still be acting right because we've only met two times. Okay. So you should still have you know, you're, you're putting on a good, um, you still should be putting on a good, uh, I can't even think of the word, but like, you should be putting your best foot forward within them two days. So I've had to stop jumping into that, but that is neither here nor there. So yeah, we go out. It's so great. Blah, blah, blah. So then I go home and I'm like, Hmm, I've had fun with this person. The few times we've went out. I want to make sure that this person doesn't go anywhere and that they're only dating me. And so what do I do? I break out the jar. I break out the spell and I bind them to me. And I'm saying this, y'all. I ain't never did this like this. I'll tell y'all my story. But there are people, there are so many of us out here looking for companionship and partnership so much, so bad that we are quick to bind somebody to us 
because we had a few dates that was cool or we had a couple times we had sex a few times and it was amazing so now we want to break out the jar and put they picture in it and start putting in herbs and roots to, to put us together and we writing petitions to our ancestors so that this person doesn't go anywhere and we can make them like us a little bit more that is a uh, I, look don't do that don't do that don't bind yourself to people now i listen i ain't gonna tell first of all i ain't tell you what to do it's your power your magic your juju you do what you want with it my advice is to not bind people like that to you even if it's somebody that you know like maybe you, you've been on more than three dates maybe it's someone you've been dating for a few months Doing a jar and by a jar, a jar is a type of container spell that you can do a, a, a bunch of different things with. You can do a lot of things with jars. It's really about the intention and the ingredients that you use and that will determine what you're trying to do. So if you're trying to do a sweetening jar or some type of binding work with this particular person, you know, you're putting their little, you know, their personal concerns, which is like, you know, some hair or some, some, some of they fluids or whatever you know you're putting that in a jar and you're putting all the little ingredients in it and you're saying that you're tying yourself to this person you're spiritually tying yourself to this person so that they don't go anywhere and this is actually a very dangerous practice it is very very dangerous now our ancestors back in the day i don't they weren't necessarily using jars but they were using other methods and dolls and and lamps and candles and things to keep specifically our foremothers to kind of keep their husbands or the men that they were dating or interested in or married to keep them their asses coming home because they were the ones that they had kids together they had they were the breadwinners they needed that money to come in they needed whatever protection that at that time the man was the one to would be offering the family so we for our foremothers literally couldn't afford for uh niggas to go on and run off with the lady up the street and not come back home you know what i mean so they was binding um they, they wasn't using jaws they was using blood and so i'm gonna get real frank with y'all because this is important information to know and understand that um blood because we're talking about binding blood is blood is um extremely binding and not just any old blood, but menstrual blood is something that has been used for many years to make sure that whoever you mess with don't run off. So there's a lot of jokes people will say, maybe if you're from the South, you may have heard this, but you may have heard it otherwise. Like sometimes, you know, cis men will say, I, I'm not allowed to, or my grandma always told me, my mom always told me that I'm not to eat spaghetti at a woman's house and that little saying that little joke comes from a time where i mean i'm not saying people people are still doing this but it comes from a time where people were putting menstrual blood in spaghetti and serving it to um usually men yeah serving it to men to to, to bind yourself so like oh nikki you ain't going nowhere they ain't need no jar. They ain't need nothing. They put in their period blood in the spaghetti and they would eat it or you would put it in any type of red food. So it wasn't just spaghetti. It could be in, um, shoot, I can't, my mind is going blank right now, but it, it wasn't just spaghetti. It was any type of like colorful red or deep kind of colored foods that they would use to put their menstrual blood in. 
And that was a way of binding people. So because we understand blood to be binding, um, it is a piece of DNA and blood is one of the strongest personal concerns. When I say personal concerns, I said it earlier, personal concern is hair. It's something that represents a person. It's spit. Uh, personal concern is, is breast milk. It's semen. It is also, so the things that, are, hey, did I say hair? Yeah, hair. All those things that hold our DNA, that those are the strongest personal concerns. Now, within those personal concerns I just named, there is a, a hierarchy with blood being the most binding. Personal concerns can also be um, a business card. A personal concern can be someone's handwriting. So something with someone's essence on it essentially is a personal, personal concerns are birthdays, uh, full names. So if you've had a reading with me, you know, on my site, I asked for your birthday and I asked for your full name because that is how I'm able to tap in. That's how I'm able to access your spirit. That's how I'm able to access your ancestors through that information. So that is a personal concern. Um, so yes, these are all different types of workings and personal concerns that people use. So anyway, with blood being one of the strongest, this is why <laughs> people will say now, well, people, you know, in the spiritual little witchy community will say, you know, don't let nobody, if you have a vagina and you bleed saying, don't let nobody eat your pussy when it's, when it's, um, when it's that time of the month, because blood is binding. And so if someone's eating you out and it's a little blood, even if you got a little cup in, you got a little tampon in, hey, that's your choice. That's your business. But even if you have those things going on, it's still probably some little remnants of some blood somewhere. So someone's consuming that. And if we understand and know that for many thousands of years, our ancestors understand blood is one of the most powerful pieces or parts or liquids or fluids from the body spiritually. It's like super spiritually potent, extremely spiritually potent. And someone's consuming that, that could do a lot of spiritual, it could do a lot of spiritual damage. Now, if somebody has ate your pussy and you are all concerned right now, like, oh my God, I just, oh my God, I don't bow myself. You're going to be okay. Just breathe. Don't get into that. If someone has done that and y'all don't talk anymore and there's no connection between y'all don't worry about it but sometimes it does create connections to people you can't get rid of an individual and you can't do you know whatever because you have these spiritual ties and a diviner would be able to see that if you do have concerns around it you can book readings with people and, and ask about that this is the same with also having sex on your period so the blood is binding having sex on your period could contribute to from this particular tradition, these traditions that I'm talking about could contribute to a binding happening, a, a spiritual attachment, a spiritual latching. So you want to be very aware of who you're engaging with when you are, if you have a cycle and you bleed, who you're engaging with when you have, um, when you are on your cycle. So it's like, I, I know a lot of times people are like, there's nothing wrong with sex on your period. There's nothing wrong with like eating pussy on your period. Now, I don't think that there's anything wrong with it from a, just a general standpoint. But if we're talking about hoodoo, <laughs> if we're talking about traditions that believe in the power of blood, you probably ain't going to want to have nobody eat your pussy, but this is for your spiritual safety. It's not because blood is nasty. It's not because... 
the body is nasty. It's not because people who bleed are nasty and pussy bleed. Is, it's none of that. It's more so to keep you spiritually safe and to make sure that you don't have somebody on you or latch onto you or a spiritual connection that you don't want. So that's just some food for thought. Now, like I said, please don't freak out. Please don't. <laughs> Y'all don't all run in my DMs and say, oh my God, I don't. please don't do that. You're, you're okay. Unless you feel like you may have a spiritual bind to somebody that you want to get rid of, then of course, this book or read it with a trusted practitioner. You're going to be okay. There's many things to undo binds. Um, they're, they range. So it'll really just come up in divination most likely. Now, some other advice is around sex and okay so say we're still on this day you know we we had sex with this person it was good and you want to bind them I told y'all we're not binding we're not putting them in the jars we're not doing anything like that because we're trusting that the right person for us will be for us and that we won't have to work them not that you won't have to work them because some people need to be worked sorry but honestly and ideally and truthfully and in love why would you actually want to be with someone that you have to do spirit work on to stay with you? I, I, I do think that people, though, have a right. And I'm not trying to be like morally superior at all, because at the end of the day, it is your juju and you do with your juju what you want. And I will stand by that. People do what they want to do with their working. But I think that we have to make sure that we're being strategic that we're being smart, that we're being thoughtful, that we're keeping ourselves safe and safety. Like this work can be very dangerous. So my main thing is I want you safe. So that's why I'm saying these things. It is for no other reason because I want you safe. And this is my belief system. So anywho, a good way to keep yourself spiritually clean and rinsed off and feeling fresh and good and to sort of separate some of those ties that happen via sex is to take spiritual bath after you have sex. I try to do that. <laughs> I do try to do that. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm thinking, did I do that the last time? <laughs> Uh, but for the most part, yes, you should take a spiritual bath after you have sex. I mean, a lot of the people that I read, so many people need spiritual baths. So you can feel it like spiritual funk is real. The same way that you get in the shower and wash your body, the same way that you need to get in the shower and wash your, wash your aura, wash your spirit. Because things get stuck on us. Energy gets stuck on us from other people. I say all the time, energy is not created or destroyed. It is just transferred in different ways. And I normally say that about ancestors. Like, they ain't going to wear. They just transferred it to a different type of entity and feeling and being. But they ain't going to wear. That energy didn't leave. Same way as people who you have sex with, their energy comes on to you. Your energy flips onto them. You're sharing it. If you're sharing fluids, it's intensified. And so just a way to stay on top of your own hygiene is to spiritually cleanse. So you can keep some, keep some mint on you. That could work. You can take a spiritual bath using mint. Uh, you can use hyssop, H-Y-S-S-O-P would be a good herb to use. Um, you could use lemon. I keep feeling lemon. So like a lemongrass would be nice. A lemongrass, lemon balm mix could be good. Uh, basil is always cute to use if you ain't got none of that you can take put put some uh salt in some water 
and dump that over yourself or sit in it for a little bit. Uh, you can take a little salt bath to just remove some of that. Cause sometimes, you know, I have had sex recently actually where I felt like I was happy before the sex and the sex wasn't bad, but after I was done, I was like, you know, this nigga wasn't really in a good mood today. And now I'm not in a good mood and the sex was good. It was fine. But like, I feel like I actually took on some of his stuff and I'm also very sensitive. So it was like, um, okay, I need to go. Cause I need to go take a spiritual bath. Thanks for the dick, but you done got your mess on me. You done got your, your spirits on me. So I need to watch that. Also notice how you feel after you have sex as well. So you can kind of keep track of like, Hmm. Do I did I pick up on something? Did I just And even if you don't have all the herbs, at least be intentional about your shower, which is something that I do, which water is healing already. Period. Water is a blessing. Water is is water is life. Water is everything. So even when you're in the shower, just say like, "May this water cleanse me physically, also spiritually." And boom. I mean, I always recommend getting herbs just for the extra oomph, for the added power. Herbs have a spirit of their own. So combining the spirit of the herbs with the water is like, oh yeah. But if you don't want to do all that or you just don't have time or it's or it's, it's a, an emergency or quick, just, just speak to the water. Speak to the water. The water will cleanse you off spiritually and, and naturally and beautifully and you'll get yourself together until you can get some herbs or decide to take a a stronger spiritual bath so yes so so far we have one if you are a witch or spiritualist put it in your bio unless you don't care what people say or think or you don't want it but that's if you just don't want to deal with people who aren't going to get it or be disrespectful put witch in your bio two Be careful slash don't, my advice is don't, bind to yourself, to these people that you're dating, especially these people you don't know, but honestly, really anyone, because why would, again, why would you want someone to be with you because you did spiritual work on them? Um, so be, be aware of binding people to, or I'm sorry, three, you can bind via fluids, especially blood, because in this tradition, and many, Blood is one of the strongest personal, is the strongest personal concern that you could use. And then lastly, spiritually cleanse after you take, after you have sex each time. Even if you use protection in some way for a physical barrier, just for your own healing, for your own safety, for your own spirit, go on and just rinse, go on and rinse off. And, you know, honestly, I think this could be if you're in a relationship, too. This doesn't have to be if you're having sex with multiple people or you're just, you know, you're just having sex with one person. I mean, this can just be for anyone you're having sex with, even if it's a long term partner and maybe they're going through some stuff. And you're still attracted to them. You want to have sex with them. But there's also like energetically like "Mm, you've been dealing with a lot. I don't particularly need to take that on intimately. So take a spiritual bath after you are also having sex with your partner. That's completely fine. You can also, um, you know, if you're in an open relationship or a poly relationship, it's nice after partners. I had a rule like that with one of my former partners. Like, okay, you sleep with who you sleep with, but please, you're not getting in my bed until you hop your ass in that shower and you got some hiss up. <laughs> some, it was like a hiss up rule or something else I said that they had to take it. <laughs> so, 
you know, you can create spiritual boundaries in your relationships. That's totally fine too. All you need is a little juju. Okay, so I know that this is a topic that a lot of people are super interested in. And I'm I'm not going to go into full detail about this because there are a lot of people who offer information around sex magic. And it's something that you can do your own research on. And I mean, a few people have asked me to do some type of class or some type of webinar <laughs> on it, which I'm still deciding. But if I do decide to do that, I will, of course, let y'all know. But this is just a very basic explanation and understanding of what sex magic is and how it could be beneficial to you uh, and also some precautions so what is sex magic sex magic is basically the process of having sex whether with yourself through masturbation or another person or persons depending on how you get in zone or whatever but you're using the energy i mean sex is energy like there's so much energy to tap into there's yours if you're having sex with other people, there's the other persons and it's like one big ball of like, ooh, and so this is about intentionally using all of that to be able to manifest whatever you're seeking to manifest, to be able to protect, to be able to repel. I mean, you can pretty much do whatever you want and bring about whatever you want via sex magic. So how you do that is, you know, first you want to get yourself in the mood to engage in a sexual activity, um, you know, making sure that you're breathing, that you're centered. I'm not saying you have to do a full meditation, but like have an idea of like, okay, and I'm going to do sex magic. Excellent. So. Okay, you have, I like to think about what am I going to manifest? So if I'm like about to masturbate or even if I know I'm going to have sex with someone like later, probably like, oh, I'm going over my, you know, this person's house that I go over. And when we go over, we always have sex in my mind. I'm like, oh, excellent. Going to do some sex magic today. And I'm really trying to manifest an assistant, which I have not done sex magic around, but I probably <laughs> probably should so say what I want to manifest is an assistant right so I know in my mind boom I'm gonna have sex magic tonight boom I'm gonna bring myself an assistant like I'm gonna get an assistant from this sex magic because that's what's gonna happen it's gonna work so then you get into the act of the sex right depending on however you're having the sex so when you're having the sex let's start with solo so if you're having solo sex Some people like to turn on porn and I think that it's actually okay to do sex magic while you're watching porn, but you really got to like train yourself to also be thinking about what you're trying to manifest while you're watching the porn. I don't think it's, I don't think it's impossible because I do it. You can do both. People always like, how do you do both? I'm trying to watch the porn and I got to think about, so I'm not actively like thinking about and like what my system may look like or whatever, but I'm just thinking as I am in the midst of pleasure, as I'm in the midst of sex, I'm like, I'm going to get an assistant. I'm going to get an assistant. Hey, the sister's going to help me do other things. uh, 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 They're going to just study under me and I'll be able to pay them or I'll be able to do whatever or give them divination or whatever, you know? So I'm not getting too deep, but I am thinking about that, even if I'm deciding to watch porn. Now, I will say, I think it is a great practice 
to try to get yourself um like sexually stimulate yourself get yourself hot you know get yourself feeling it without porn I think you should try it out because there was a moment I'm about to give real TMI but I felt like I was I wouldn't say I was addicted to porn but I was really irritated by the fact that I couldn't come or I couldn't get myself excited without porn I was just very irritated by that and I mean if you ain't irritated about it go and watch porn you know but I think specifically when you're doing sex magic a lot of this is a is a mental working a mental game so it is it's nice just sometimes to try it without just practice it just try it a couple times because then you're better able to really think about what excites you and at the same time what you're trying to manifest so you're doing the thing you know, you get in there. Oh, yeah, you feeling hot. You you in the midst of it by yourself. And then so when you're at the moment of orgasm. Well, let me say this first. Orgasm is understood to be a portal. So being a portal, what I mean by that is that is a space where the spirit and. Well, the spiritual realm and the physical realm meet. That is a space where spirit can hear clearly. That's very, you know, simple, simplistic way to put it. Other portals are water. Other portals are kitchens in hoodoo. Other portals are, um, I mean, there's so many portals, but it, it's pretty much like where spirit can hear you. Where Where's the best place to tap? The crossroads, the crossroads. Yes, very important portal in many African traditional religions, the crossroads space. So all places to really connect with spirit. So orgasm is one of those places. So as my longtime listeners know, I always say, don't be wasting your nuts. <laughs> don't waste your nut. So if you're coming all the time, you're orgasming all the time. Why not think about in that moment of orgasm, what you're trying to manifest. So before you get to the point of orgasm, you're just like, oh yeah, this is good. I'm going to get an assistant, blah, blah, blah. But when you come, when you nut, that's the moment of, and I have an assistant. And my assistant is here. I'm so grateful. You're enjoying it. Your orgasm feels good. You're like, yes, I have an assistant. <laughs> yes, I found one. Oh my God, it's so good. My assistant brings me so much joy. Like you're saying, you're, you're literally, you can say it out loud. Or you think it in your mind and your spirit as you're coming. Because that is where spirit gonna hear you. So why, why waste your nuts and just be coming just to come when you can be manifesting and you can, you don't have to just manifest. You can, you can come for protection. Well, I should put that on the shirt, <laughs> Come, for, but you can be coming for protection. Like I need to be safe. I'm coming for safety. I'm coming to protect myself. I'm using this orgasm to get a raise. I'm using this orgasm to get $200 by June 5th, you know? So this is a, this is a very, it, it's, it's easy, but it's also can be very complex because you're, it's a lot, a lot of work with the brain and the body and getting those things working together. And I think, you know, they talk about sex magic in a, probably with better language and things like in Tantra, T-A-N-T-R-A. And other tantric sex modalities and, you know, that's whole karma sutra type things. But I'm just giving it to you the basic nutting orgasm is a portal. Use it. Now, I will say, I used to always say, don't waste your nuts, don't waste your nuts, don't waste your nuts. I think that's true. But sometimes, and I've realized this, you don't always want to 
be doing all of that when you're having sex sometimes you just want to bust a nut and that is fair because i i actually do be wasting nuts sometimes but for the most part i'm not and i don't always have to make it a big thing sometimes it's like i don't really i'm just going when i come i'm gonna say something i want you know why not that's the lazy sex magic way so yeah now if you're having sex with another person hopefully you know when you're in the midst of it it's enjoyable and you're thinking about think the same thing if you were doing it alone. You're thinking about what you want. And now sometimes it's nice to stick to one particular thing. But you can kind of think about, sometimes I think about a lot of different things that I want. And not in a scattered way, but in a, okay, I want to get this amount of, I want $500 by this time. And this $500 will be used for my assistant, you know, so I'm sort of creating a whole narrative or story while I'm engaging in sex to be able to get this thing, right? So when you're having sex with another person, it's nice because you get to sort of tap into their energy a little bit. So it's not just yours manifesting, you're actually using someone else's energy (laughs) to also manifest. And this is a way that I got Ari Lennox tickets. that were sold completely sold out i had sex magic on the the night of with another person and i secured them tickets baby period like because i used my own energy but i also used the energy of this other person and you know sometimes low-key i'll be feeling bad but it's not a bad practice i'm not using it for anything i'm not sucking like and i'm sucking the life out of you right now even though like hey But, you know, it's just like I'm using your energy. You're having sex with me. I'm trying to manifest right now. So you can tell your partner who you're having sex with if you want to because they can intentionally put your energy towards it. Because I told the person I was having sex with when Ari Lennox, I was like, okay, so you're going to turn on Ari Lennox. And that's what we're going to listen to while we're having sex. Also, this was my first time having sex with this man. (laughs) He was, he didn't blink an eye. And then, and while we were having sex, like literally mid stroke, I was like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna get tickets to Ari Lennox. And he was like, Yeah, you are, you will. While we're having sex. <laughs> but won't you believe I woke up that next day, I got online and found tickets. And then I went to look to see if there were more. There were no more. It was like literally like I found the last one, but that wasn't, it, it, but I had looked days before weeks before but she had been sold out for so long so that is how I can speak I told him he was shook he was shooketh shooketh so anyway that's a good way to use the other person's energy another way to use another person's energy especially if you don't care about them like whatever is like if you're having sex with someone who I've said this before in an episode if they're like really good at something so hmm say you're having sex with someone who is a musician and who gets a lot of gigs and you're a musician too and you don't really get that many gigs but this particular person is always seen as so attractive or whatever is just so talented in whatever way that they get gigs you better tap into that energy you're having sex with somebody that has something that you want so take it (laughs) you know what I'm saying like they'll still be able to get gigs but you're tapping into that energy to be able to be like okay I'm having sex with someone who's an amazing musician right now who gets gigs I want gigs tapping into whatever this person has and share it with me so if we're sharing energy right now I'm being specific about the energy that I want to be shared with me 
If you're having sex with someone who's really good at public speaking and you suck at speaking publicly, you're tapping into the, y'all are already sharing air and energy. So you're being intentional about, you know, what this motherfucker real good in front of a crowd. Give me that. Give me some of that so I can be good in front of a crowd. So I can do this speech that I have, you know, in front of my colleagues in two weeks. You know what I'm saying? I can do this presentation. Really what sex magic is, is about being intentional about energy exchange and using the portal of orgasm to be able to bring about what it is that you want and need. That's it. That's it. So there's sex is bomb. And it's amazing, but I'm trying to get something out of it. I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? And if I am taking someone's energy, I'm not deplete. Like, I'm not having sex with people. I'm like, and I'm going to suck all your energy and you're going to be lifeless after this. No. I share my energy too, especially if I super like them. You know, I'm just like, okay, I also am thinking about manifesting whatever it is that this person might want, you know because they're sharing energy with me the same way when y'all share money with me when you um patreon stuff and i say like i'm sharing that money back with you because you're giving me that i do the same thing with sex now that's because i'm nice (laughs) you ain't got to but i always do put in a little extra i put in some juju for the other person because i'm using them and most of the time i'm having sex with someone who's probably not using me for that i mean people be using people for sex for a whole bunch of things but they're not using me for a particular energy or because they're probably most likely not witches or not. They're not thinking about having sex magic. They're just having sex. I'm thinking about what I want and I'm thinking about how you can help me get what I want. You know what I'm saying? So I hope that that was clear. I think I answered most questions that people have when talking about sex magic, but try it out. Try it out. See how you like it. Um, you know, don't, don't, don't be in my inbox talking about you did it wrong. You didn't do it wrong. You ain't do nothing wrong. If you nutted and you said what you wanted, you did it right. Now, what I will say is we talked about binding and how I, I'm speaking safety. You can bind people to you through sex magic. Especially if, well, let me say this. If you are binding them by saying like, and you're not going anywhere. You can. I feel like I need to go back with the thing about the blood and sex and fluids because, you know, cum works. Semen is also personal concern, can be used for binding. Typically it's blood, like I said. Now, a lot of work around our this particular kind of magic is with the intention behind it. So someone just eating your pussy flippantly while you have blood, do I recommend it? No. But will you be okay? You'll probably be fine. You might be fine. You might not be. <laughs> if you don't feel fine, you might not be. But for the most part, you'll be fine because there was no intention of, and I am making this person eat my bloody pussy because I want them to be attached to me. You didn't have that intention. Or maybe that person had that intention. Like I'm going to consume this person's blood so I can be attached to them. You know, people do weird things. Y'all, people do stuff. People do weird stuff. So back to what I was saying. So you can bind people 
through, yes, the personal concerns that are super strong, but on top of that with the intention, which is always a very important ingredient in doing spirit work. So this is, okay, regular me, I love to talk dirty. I love to talk during sex. I love to say shit like, That you were never leaving this pussy t- You know what I mean Like all of that Like this your pussy I don't really say that too much anymore But I was like team This your pussy Yes you can do whatever Yes da 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 You know You're not going anywhere You're gonna fuck me forever You know that's just the dirty talk That's the shit that makes You know I'm a Scorpio moon Like come on But Since I started studying And I had elders And, and just talking with folks Who have been doing this work Longer than I have that has been brought to me as a no-no and not because we don't like talking dirty, but because first of all, I have a power of tongue in general. I have a power of the tongue, meaning being able to create and manifest with words, which many of us do. Many, many, many of us do period. You don't say shit. You don't mean the universe will hear you. That's why we have intentions. Okay. So me telling somebody that this pussy's yours, you're not going anywhere, you're attached to me. And I'm just, I don't mean that. I'm just saying it in sex because I like it and it makes me feel good while I'm having sex could have spiritual implications of having bound this person to you because you have the intention and then you are potentially sharing fluids. You know, if you have protection, then if you're wearing, you know, condoms or whatever, then you have created a little bit more of a barrier to where you're not exchanging fluids. But if you are exchanging fluids and you're talking that shit, baby, <laughs> that is also a potential way to, to, to bind. So you want to be careful of, around what you're saying. I know some of you are like, man, this shit is, I can't do nothing. I can't talk dirty. I can't be out here raw dogging and I can't, I can't get my pussy. Hey, what? Look, it's your juju to do what you want to do with it. I care about your safety. And I'm talking about very specifically for my spiritual tradition. So just be aware. I'm not saying I don't talk dirty anymore. I'm not saying I don't say things I don't mean during sex. Sometimes I do, but I've had to be very careful about that because you just don't want to say the wrong thing. And you got somebody acting, acting foolish now and attached to you won't leave you alone because there was some spiritual work happening. You was doing a whole spell, child. You did a whole spell. You wouldn't even, you was just talking dirty and being nasty. <laughs> Trying to be a freak in the morning, freak in the evening. And now, you know, you can't get somebody off your back tracks. So that's also another plug on why you should take spiritual baths after you have sex. So just watch what you say. Watch what you say. Um, or just not watch what you say and go take a spiritual bath after it, you know? Hey, but I, I did feel like I needed to add that because yeah, it's a, it's a thing. It's a thing. Regardless of what you choose to do, it's a thing. So watching what you say, you know, barriers are super important for what many reasons, but I'm talking about the spiritual reasons and with sex magic, you know, using that energy and being able to tap into that energy from that other person is like A1. Like A1, 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 A1. Like I said, that's how I want to see Ari Lennox, one of the best. She, she puts on a good show. She puts on a good show. And I would not have been there 
if I didn't have sex on it. <laughs> and if I did not play that music when I was having sex and I did not tell that nigga, like, I want our Linux tickets, so look me in my eyes and tell me I'm getting them. Why are you deep stroking? And yeah. <laughs> so I really, I want y'all to try sex magic. And I want y'all to tell me how it went if you did it. Oh, let me also add. I had a friend who said that he did sex magic to to bind on purpose. Like he met this this person, this guy that he really liked and he had sex, he did sex magic. I don't know if it was with the guy, with himself or whatever, but the the spell was like I want him. And Oh, he got him all right. And it was not a good relationship. It was not a good connection. It was not something that he actually wanted. He didn't know the guy that well, but it was like, oh, he's cool. He's nice. And just sort of just was doing it in the midst of like, oh, I heard about sex magic. Let me do it. And he was like, I need to get this person off me. So it's a very, very, very strong and powerful tool. It. I found it to be one of the most powerful ways to manifest. And it's the easiest for me. It's the easiest for me. Um, it, you know, I won't say it's the easiest because sex brings a lot of things for people and brings up a lot of things. So, but for me, it's been the easiest because I don't, I be, look, sometimes I don't be wanting to grab no herbs. I don't want to be doing no spell. I don't want to get no candle. I want to just come. I want to have sex. And knowing that I can do my work in the midst of sex is amazing. I mean, you can do sex magic to hex somebody, y'all. I mean, the the limit does not <laughs> exist. The limit does not exist. So I hope that that was helpful. I will let y'all know if I do some type of additional information about sex magic. But I think that even this conversation just around dating and sex, I hope that it was helpful and that folks were able to just get a little bit more information and understanding around some of the belief systems from my belief system around engaging in sex and some ways to be safe some ways to be safe and this ain't all the all the ways there's so many other things around bodies and and things that I could share but this was a good I think this was a good kind of starting point to understand how we can be more intentional with how we use our bodies and how we how we're using our workings and our juju to create repel manifest or whatever Okay, so happy nutting. <laughs> Thank y'all for tuning in to another episode, episode 31 of A Little Juju Podcast. If you would like to reach out to me on the social media or find me, you can find me at my personal page, which is It's Juju Bay, I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E. And then the podcast page is A Little Juju Podcast. I am It's Juju Bay on Twitter too. I'll be cutting up on Twitter. It's not just spirituality stuff. It's just whatever I think about and want to say. <laughs> so if you want to see me cut up, you can hit me up on Twitter. And I'm just Juju Bay, J-U-J-U-B-A-E on Facebook. Again, if you'd like to book a reading with me and ancestral divination, if you would like to receive uh, some of my Reiki services, or if you'd like to bring me out to a conference, bring me out to some type of event that you want healing services at or some type of reader, you can hit me up on my site, which is itsjujubay.com or just send me an email at thejujubay at gmail.com. Have a good one, y'all. And remember, all you need is a little juju. See you in a couple weeks. I can't be stopped